because there are because it was like in that. Dallas. Yeah. I've started buying six cases of bubbly at a time. That's different. Those are like eight. Yeah. So, six times eight. I don't fucking know. Dude. No, we don't all work. Also, at the how much bubbly company. do you drink anyway? Eight you need plus that. Eight I need that. Is Sixteen. I need it. Then add <laughs> another need eight. It. You need it. That's twenty-four. Then double so it. How, mathing how else would you get water? Forty-eight. Yeah, for real. I'm tired of talking about math. Morning. Welcome to Don't Be the Artist. I'm Hagen. <laughs> I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I also don't like math. I'm Jackson. Um, you work at the calculator store, so my, you love math. My voice is already cracking. Uh, if you ever hear my voice being sore uh, or, uh, you know, sounds tired, it's because I was tired on my drive here, so I will put on music that will keep me awake and is almost always Dashboard Confessional, which is just slightly above my range, so uh, very hoarse and tired. So that that's that. We'll see what gets me first, Dashboard or this. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff, man, really. I... Uh Wow. You hear the ocean? <laughs> Let's do a fashion check. There you go. Oh, nice. That was a... This doesn't sound like we're at the beach now. Fashion check. Come on, man. Get there. Where's your fashion check? I'm wearing a swimsuit, which means I'm not wearing underwear. <laughs> Are you, so you're at the beach? I'm still at the beach. Dude. Wow, that's incredible. He's just, he's just going to be mentally at the beach for weeks. <clears throat> And he's going to start making take me back posts on Instagram. I don't get Oh, Take yeah, me back. No. With yeah. a picture of you and your partner on the beach. You nailed it, man. Yeah. That's why we're here, right? To talk oh. about you on the beach? Yeah. Man, we can. Let's go to the beach. beach what a, I mean, how was the away. beach? How was the beach? It was really good. Fascinating. It happened two weeks ago, right? <laughs> I think he's doing his Rick Rubin <laughs> again. <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, uh, no, that would have been two weeks. Yeah, but it was last week. No, we're we're reality. recording all of these episodes all at the same time. Man, Podcast time is fake. So much happened in it between then and now, and it just makes me wish we weren't doing a deep dive today. Yeah, for real, just like just straight up, we look like total idiots. We do. <laughs> <laughs> we look like big dumbasses. Like big there's fucking there's dumb a lot asses. of things that we're not going to acknowledge this week. <sighs> I and like after we recorded those two episodes, I texted y'all saying. Coheed is coming out with a new song tonight. I'm going to look like an idiot. Boy, was I wrong because so much other stuff did happen. Yeah. So uh, we're here today to talk about <laughs> Billie Eilish. Well. Yeah, of course, uh, we knew she was coming out with a new album, and we thought it'd be a great time to do a, a quick little deep dive. And a, on a timely deep dive. A timely one. Um, so Billie Eilish, uh, does anybody have her full name pulled up? Somebody's got to have it. No, you guys don't. Okay, cool. It's not one of Hagen's uh, games, clearly. So, oh, it's that. That's that. That's so. That would be so fucking easy if I had that as a game. All right, her, we all just would have lost. Her full name is so ridiculous. Adam, have you seen this? Oh, I think I know no. what it is. No. Okay, go. Is it uh, Billy Eilish O'Connell? Uh, it's Billy Eilish. You missed two names. Yeah. Oh, what? Billy Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell. So that's five names. So her middle name is Pirate. Pirate and Beard. Originally, Pretty I much. think I believe originally she was just going to be named Eilish. Yeah, that was going to be her first name. Yeah, so it would have been less, but still. I don't know if that's like a traditional Irish name or something like that, but pirate in the name. <laughs> no, I actually visibly <laughs> deflated when Adam did that. I've never been got by Adam. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're here to talk about Billie Eilish, who at the time of recording is only 19. So when we're talking about everything that we're talking about, it's important to keep that in perspective of how young she is. And uh, 
just how fucking yeah impressive she is born born december 18 2001 yeah that, oh, that was man. one thing that i uh found out on the beach uh i kept getting carded and i was like ah i never wanted to do that job and they said it's actually really easy this year because it's 21 so anything that's two thousand like th- this date 2000 or below yeah i was like holy shit so it's really easy this year yeah this year that's why when people now like when i have to show my id they see 80 and they're like oh you're good <laughs> He's yeah. so old. Not 1980. I wasn't born in 1980. Sounds like you were born in 1980. I wasn't sounds, born in 1980. Sounds like, yeah. Oh my god. Why were you born in 1980? Quick maths. I wasn't. I was 1889. 1989. 1889. Fuck off, man. Wow. Shit. So cool. How yeah. <laughs> was 1985? I don't know. Wow. How was 1900? It was great. <laughs> 18. A lot looser clothing. I didn't know Dave was 41. That's crazy. He's older than that if he was born in 1889. <laughs> uh, no, no, I was talking about nope. 1980. <laughs> well, that's not it, real. I was being serious we're, we're for a second. Doing, okay. Fuck off. Wait you're a second. None of y'all right. actually think I'm in my 40s, right? I know you're in your 40s. I, I don't think yeah. you're in your 40s. Fuck you, man. <laughs> so we're here to talk about Billy Pirate Beard. <laughs> I, already, I already forgot the name. Billy Eilish Pirate Beard o- uh, O'Connell. Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> Jesus Pirate Beard, Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> oh, we're professionals. <laughs> so in preparation for this, I did not watch that uh, Apple Music documentary. I've heard it's really good. But... In preparation, I didn't prepare? No, no, no. Strictly I, music. I, 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 was... I will say, I, didn't, I, I thought about watching that too. No, but you didn't just say, in preparation, I didn't do anything. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I but also didn't say I that. I did think about... Oh my God, Lindsey Graham test positive for COVID. That's <laughs> yeah. not he was like, I would strongly Great suggest everyone like, get vaccinated. I'm sure, I'm sure he suggests <laughs> that now. now. Yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say that that documentary is really long, so I was going to watch it. Well, thought about watching it about four hours ago, and then I realized I wouldn't have time. I know Dave's watched it. I've watched it twice. What I was trying to say is that I, this isn't going to be a biography of her life for me, and I think I can speak for at least Hagen and probably Adam as well. It's just going to be, we'll talk about the music. Yeah, we're going to leave everything else to Dave. Yeah. Dave, you got this. Uh, no, we're not going to do like a, I mean, she grew up in a, her, both of her parents were, um, were low key actors. Yeah. And I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm recently and her mother is in one of the scenes. Uh, did and you I was recognize like, her? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. And, uh, she, her older brother Phineas was on Glee. We've done the Glee episodes. So they're a family that is not unfamiliar with Hollywood, but they, her parents never really got too far with it. Yeah, we're and not going to get into this, but the whole uh, industry plant thing is completely irrelevant when it comes to like, yeah, they were like, they're actors as I am a musician. It's yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I play music, but I'm not like successful at it, I would argue. Yeah. Um, so their, their parents put them in the arts. And f- so from a very young age, she was dancing and uh, performing already. I don't exactly remember the age, but. <clears throat> and before you say anything else a game yeah yeah just, just because i'm <laughs> just, scared just someone's gonna fucking interruption. Say we gotta talk about the games let's no. do our let's do the first game now <clears throat> so uh she wrote her first real song when she was 11 oh yeah and it's on the first album right it's it's, a, it's only on soundcloud okay called fingers crossed i'm pretty sure it's only, i'm pretty sure it's not yeah on you're TV. right only on soundcloud it's probably uh ukulele which she has a signature ukulele yeah. which is ridiculously expensive uh now <laughs> This song is influenced by some form of zombie media. Which zombie media thing is it influenced by? Is it iZombie? 
He's gonna. It's multiple choice. Uh, you oh, guys sorry. gave me shit for not doing multiple choice now, so I'm doing that now. Okay. Yeah, but that's, it's not that's the I way zombie. to go. Uh, it's not I zombie. Okay. A get off, zombie get off land. The beach. A zombie land. <laughs> B the Walking Dead. C Night of the Living Dead. D Dead Snow. Dave, I'm not going first. I know the I'll, answer. I'll go with A. I'll I'll say uh, Zombie Land was one of them. Mm-hmm. I'll that say that. Yeah, that was A. I'll go B. It's B. It's The Walking Dead. Uh. But it's mostly just like she just uses like it, it as an influence as like a post-apocalyptic sort of thing. Yeah, I think I remember reading this. But uh, so she grew up in L.A. Probably still lives there to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. Her older brother Phineas O'Connell, um, better known as his working name Phineas, uh, he was in. Uh, a band i forgot the name of the band but this isn't strictly about him so uh good on me for not preparing and jesus Come christ on. dave <laughs> oh my god i like how everybody else looked at their phones or picked them up real quick <laughs> no, and just started cussing at me i'm gonna i'm gonna I, I gotta give you a real mic stand i can't give you this fucking thing anymore i'm just gonna put my phone in my pocket <laughs> all right i'm already so. warm band's still on <laughs> Do you think it's going to affect the the recording? Yeah, no. it'll be no, fine. It'll it's be not going to be like a vibration on the table or anything. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm 32. Okay, 42. Yeah, you're, you're fucking almost 100. Uh, I'm gonna be be honest with our listeners. Yeah. So Phineas was in a band uh, around LA, and he wrote uh, some songs, and that's just kind of what he was doing at the time. But then he wrote a song that was intended for his band, and then he said, "Oh." I actually think this would be better suited for my sister, Billy, who's been getting into music. And that song was Ocean Eyes. And that is, I mean, I'm, I don't know because I haven't watched the documentary, but I would say that's probably where her actual career as Billie Eilish started. I mean, it sounds like she was writing songs since she was 11, but actually Ocean Eyes is, I think, where everything the, started. The big yeah. song, yeah. 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 So she ended up from there. They recorded and released it together, and then, you know, it just kind of started from there, picked up some traction, and then there was the EP where they ended up releasing a lot of songs on that, and it just got popular on stuff like SoundCloud at the time, and I think it was from there that she actually got management, and there was a section where she talked about, uh, or the it, what I was reading, talked about how they basically talked about, okay, what's going to be your image? Like, what what would you like to do? And that's probably where, when we get into this first album, that's probably where that whole aesthetic of, um, I don't know what you would call that, but kind of like light edgelord. The kind of like, oh, it's kind of spooky and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I like it. I like the aesthetic, but like, it's light edgy. Whereas like, I would say someone like Tyler, the creator, who is an influence of hers, is like, hardcore edgy like full-on trying to be an edge lord whereas for this it's more of like a, oh you know spooky I, I, I think a big part of it is that she has synesthesia mm. and so she every time she writes a song she has a visual in mind and she kind of ties all that in to the, the whole thing so yeah. it ends up working really well yeah and i think uh would this be a good time? Does anybody have anything else before we just kind of jump into the first album? I mean, the first the first song that I heard of hers was "I Don't Want to Be You Anymore" off of "Don't Smile at Me." Um, I have not listened to that EP. It's is it's it really long. Good. No, it's tw- it's twenty eight minutes. Yeah, okay. but I would say it it all feels like you can see where her career started very clearly from that. Yeah, uh, is Ocean Eyes on that? Yeah, album. Ocean Eyes yeah. is on that, and like, and and, and I mean, that, that was my first exposure to her too. Was that album or and, that EP? And but. not to like 
I I think that you have, you're like on the right idea with what this EP did for her first album, but it was it, it for, from my listening experience, it doesn't feel like there was ever like a. And I think I'm gonna like really lean into this. It's like I've always been this way. This yeah. is just who I am. And at this point, before the first album comes out, the first LP, they were already touring in Europe, and they were huge. Yeah, you see for those Florence and the Machine, I think. Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. see those video. There's that famous video of like Tom York sitting at a Billie Eilish show because he apparently had taken Tom York lives in the UK and he had taken his daughter there and he's sitting there like the grumpy old man you would expect. <laughs> and I think Sam Smith is in that photo too. Really close to Tom York. Which uh, we'll get into why that's funny, uh, I guess, later when we talk about James Bond. But uh, yeah, so. It's crazy when you see the she was playing like House of Blues level like made capacity like I I think those are like a thousand cap rooms, yeah, two, a thousand or two, yeah, and it, just watching her command an audience in that small of a room was just fascinating and still to this day if you know if she was touring as we record this I would imagine even with her newest record she would still be able to command an audience like that well, I think a lot of people are what a lot of people have said is true that it was kind of the similar thing to the way Nirvana caught fire yeah. and started going the crowds reacted the same way where it was just this group of youth at that age in her age rate age range that were like holy shit it's something we can relate to yeah Billie Eilish do not play at trees <clears throat> unless you want to fight with the uh uh, the security. <laughs> That's a little Nirvana joke for you. Little Dallas Nirvana joke for you. What's Dallas? Never heard of it. Salad backwards. H- Houston, is it? Close enough. Oh my god. Pretty much. Yeah. What's Salad. the difference? <laughs> Man, this sucks. <laughs> Which part? The the you looking at me part. Oh. <laughs> is this the you not being on the beach part. <laughs> hey hey, look at me. <laughs> look at me, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Uh, okay, so <laughs> while they're touring, they are pressed to meet with their label and finish this record. And so it was actually a kind of a stressful experience. Uh, even It was less stressful than the first EP. The first EP, she said that it was grueling and she hated it. I think, But that had to do more with insecurity and less with pressure from the label. She didn't really like her, the way she recorded. She didn't like recording vocals or the way she sang kind of you know also she's like when this ep comes out she's like 15 right i yeah, mean like she started recording some of the stuff at like 11 13 or 14. yeah like 11 12 yeah. like it's 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 all it's all coming super early so i mean like i couldn't imagine being that age and being like behind a booth especially with like a, like that age insecurities yeah. also like a year like from 15 to 16 16 to 17 to 18 those are like that's like a decade in development that yeah. feels like a your long personality time when, you're, when you're that age it feels like it's forever so yeah i can't imagine doing like i can't wait for ago. dave to be 43 it's gonna God, be huge dude, i'm close to retirement <laughs> oh wait i'm a musician i'm not gonna retire he just loves his job so much <laughs> <laughs> no other reason <laughs> so let's get into the first record <sighs> um came out in march 29th uh in march 29th <laughs> 2019. I didn't know it was fucking months or years, man. I didn't realize. Sorry, if we were three, it came out in 19 of March. March is the third month. Uh huh. No, (laughs) well, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago. We didn't say you don't know that. We said no, but I I agree with Jackson. I don't know the numbers. I tried that. uh, The same logic I said that you agreed with at a family function, man. I got like just destroyed. Like everyone was like, Jackson's a fucking idiot. Let's curb stomp him. You come from a calculator family. Yeah, I do. 
Oh, man. So. March 29th, 2019. Which I didn't. I remember this album coming out, but it felt like longer it, ago. It feels a lot longer ago after oh, last year. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. a crazy like year that happened. Yeah. So she really only had like a year. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but like a year from this coming out to like, you know, the start of the pandemic well, to actually do a tour. To tour, yeah. And like, as we'll see. Uh, you know, she announced an actual like full-on arena world tour that ended up having to get cut short because of the pandemic. So that that really sucks. Uh, I look forward to her uh, being able to do that on the EP. Does she have that signature breathy vocal? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So that that's my first note. You mean is, lazy singing? No. That's I, what I mean. I don't mean that. I, I, so let's just go into that go ahead hagan it's not a bad thing it's just the way i describe like a lot of modern singers now it's like it, it it's it's this it's this approach to to singing and to notes that sounds lazy do you think john mayer is a lazy singer yeah but john mayer is not a singer i thought i he's not uh, uh i think i think i think oh, Billie Eilish. i thought i'd get him there <laughs> he is a fucking singer he's 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 a guitar player and an okay singer and happens to sing I think he's a good singer, but yeah, I do not fine. think he's a like a singer. But oh, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, so, I'm not saying he's a bad singer. I'm but saying, he has a similar approach where it's very breathy and it's that's less. What I think it's about less. Her. It's less about the breathiness. It's more about the the energy put behind the way that the notes are put in. You can hear the way that she, the way that she approaches notes just by how close you can like feel her to the microphone. So it's the energy put behind the notes versus the energy put behind the notes. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's like it's it's it. I could equate it to like talk singing. So talk singing was like really big, like in like the 1950s. You were alive. Um, <laughs> Can we drop this bit? I hate it. Uh, but it, it was like really big, like from like like you know somewhere around like the 30s, like the 50s. It was a big musical theater thing, and it was like this kind of thing. It wasn't. It's actually really hard to do, but it was about this like. But it's lazy. It, it's it, it's well lazy singing is hard to do i've tried to teach a lot of my students like okay think about how billy eilish sings this or even olivia rodrigo in some songs like noise music when you hear like somebody playing mm -hmm. like shit on a guitar and then actually try Recreate to replicate that, that yeah. it's like you can't do that right it's thoughtful yeah and so like and so i i describe it as lazy singing because that's that's kind of like how it comes across but it still is like it doesn't come across that way in a negative way it's just like it's not the same idea as like your general pops like you're especially like from like us growing up in like the, the the 90s and the 2000s where a lot of pop was like about like belting and high notes and shit like that and this is not about that in the slightest sure she hits high notes but it's never like you never feel the effort in the note you feel the effort in the song and the lyric right it's almost like when she hits high notes and like if you're if you're singing full voice and you're hitting a high note and it doesn't work your voice cracks mm -hmm. yeah. but if you're singing the way that she does and so many other singers if you hit the high note and you're it doesn't work it just turns to breath yeah right so i remember this album coming out and hearing those like it broke these spotify pre um download or whatever they pre -save. call it pre-save records and i was like oh cool i guess i'll listen to this and i listened to one song and i was like this is really good and then i told my partner about it and she said yeah my sister told me that all the sorority girls are super into that and you would think knowing jackson that i would be like oh, oh poof, fuck this i'm not listening to that <laughs> but i listened to the old album probably like the next day and man it just blew me away and then i remember just having this like olive branch with almost everyone around me at that point except for maybe people in their 40s above sorry dave um no offense Dave. <laughs> i'll say this next part in a very high frequency so you can't hear it but it, it felt really <laughs> it felt really cool to like be like you know 
I, I, I have this stigma on, you know, Greek life people. And then I was like, yeah, but here it is. Like, th- this this is amazing. I really like this. Like, I was like, no one's making pop music well, like was, this. I think that was you listening to pop music also, like yeah. popular music, yeah. which is less common. And, I mean, that definitely is, like, a weird thing to realize you're, like, listening to the same music as, like, yeah. basically everyone at that time. Like Nirvana. Nirvana thing. Yeah, it goes back yeah. to the Nirvana thing. Yeah. I made a good point. You did. <laughs> good job. Thanks. No one ever says you're not making good points. No, but I just don't like being called old. You just can't keep listen, up. Listen, listen. You are full of young life and energy. And we should go on a run sometime. I'm <laughs> Could go on like a light jog. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I don't run, run. Come on, man. I've seen you run. You run. No, I don't run. I just am saying we should want to, you're full of so much energy, youth. I don't agree with this direction we're going. Let's you want to go on a run music. sometime? No, not absolutely. You want to go on a run sometime? Yeah, sure. I'm too skinny to run. Also, Jackson this is huge. He said yeah, he worked out with me. Now he's now it's on the fucking. Uh, I said run. That's a workout. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I agree with Jackson. Let's get back to the record. So, I was really happy with it, and then I listened to it, you know, in preparation for this, and I was like, man, I don't think I've actually ever like sat down and listened to it from start to finish. It just had been like. It was right in well, it was like like around everywhere for yeah. a while, and I had heard like I had people like my partner super into it, so she would play it, um, you know, around the house, and I would listen to it, and I'd pick up somewhere, and man, it felt like it was a lot longer than I remember. It's forty-two minutes, but well, just basically forty-three minutes. It's the track list. It's the it's daunting. Oh yeah, it's a lot there's of tracks. like fourteen, yeah. sixteen songs. The first time I heard it was uh, I was in the back of a band van on the way to Houston, and it was raining out, and I was like, I'm gonna listen to this stupid Billie Eilish <laughs> record and check it out. And I heard uh, I watched her Hot Ones when she was on Hot Ones, and I was like, this kid is fucking annoying. Uh, turns out she was just super young and really nervous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I put that record on, and I was like totally blindsided i had heard bad guy but as soon as he got to zanny which is track two i was like whoa this is definitely different that rumble in that yeah like, i remember the first time i heard that and i was like uh that my speakers are wrong and then this is probably the first time i've listened to an album and like on purpose listen i have like uh a not super nice pair but i have a pair of uh beats and i don't really listen to music that calls for beats so but this was like, I was like, ah, yeah. I'm going to listen to this beats. in Beats. Yeah. And it was very much like the headphones I'm w- using right now. I was like, it's way better in Beats. And you, that you, song was like, you just hear Whoa. her go, da, 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 da. And then you hear, yeah. It's, it's like, so good. <gasps> That's why I can't listen to it in my car. But mm-hmm. I, I then listened to it the entire ride to Houston. Yeah. That record. Because it's just like, fuck, this is so good. Yeah. It's it's an it's an insane album. And, and it took me a while to get into like, to like, to listen to the full thing. Like I said, the first like exposure I had to, to Billie Eilish was her EP, but I got that exposure later. It was from a student of mine that was like, I want to play this song. And then even further after that, I was like, I guess I should just listen to this album because they wanted to play. What's the ukulele song? Um, um, that's uh, Ill- eight. What? Oh, yeah. yeah eight. eight. That's eight. Yeah, 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 it's eight. They wanted a student of mine wanted to play eight. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I listened to the whole album. And I was like, this is just incredible this is this is an actual like front to back pop masterpiece so that yeah. one that one has a, a, a similar thing to a lot of really early nirvana tracks that i would imagine if you were from seattle you would have been like oh i like this version before it was on the album because that used to be called see-through and uh it was just billy eilish and her playing ukulele and so they're like when you look at the video of eight the recording people are like 
oh, I like the old version better. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, weird. I, I think it's strange, but I, also, I can understand why they might say that. Yeah. I feel like all these songs on this album were, for the most part, were in such a, you know, the pop culture, you know, focal point. Uh, but that being said, re-listening to it, I don't feel tired. Like I always use Wonder Wall as the example of every time I hear that song, I'm like, I like this song, but I can't enjoy it because it's everywhere. And the only song I would say is close to that is Bad Guy. But even there, I still enjoy the shit out of that. Um, I do take uh, umbrage with the lyric where she talks about like, oh, my mom likes to sing along with the songs, but she won't sing along on this one. I was like, well, how does she know it if it hasn't been released yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a time travel paradox. That shit bugs me, but it's, it's well, a dive I mean, You can see in the documentary where they, they talk about as they're writing this record, they're still both living with their parents. And so they're hearing parts of the song. And Billy wrote the, the second half where it goes to the half the halftime thing uh she wrote that yeah she did that entirely but on her own wow and that's what inspired the first bit of the song yeah so she probably heard that part so there's a lot of songs on this billy eilish record that kind of do that where they'll have like maybe half to two-thirds of the song will be very much what you think is like oh this is bad guy that and then it like the last third will be something completely different I don't like that. I love all these songs, but when a song does that, that really bugs me. Fleet Foxes is probably the most egregious offender <laughs> of this, where like Fleet Foxes will take five different ideas and cram them into a song, and it doesn't feel like they move together. It's just like, a, here's this one idea, and we're on to this next one. People seem to really like it, but for me, that bugs me. Do you guys like that? Does it bug you? I, it doesn't bug me in this scenario because the thing I like about both records that we're going to talk about today is that it was written and produced by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell and that's it they were it was mixed I think by someone else and mastered by someone else right but they're the only ones it's just the the two of them yeah I don't think we're there yet but I do have to talk about that uh this idea that they did it alone but yeah, we'll but still, but they, they wrote everything by themselves. Yes, absolutely. And so I like the idea of two siblings who get along really well that come from such an artistic household with all the freedom that they've had with you know being in art school and stuff like that, getting to a point in a song where they go, well, this is it, but there should be more. They were homeschooled, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. So then they change direction and put something else in the song. And absolutely. So I that's why I you. think it's cool, but I but largely don't really like I, that. I think it works on this album too, though, because they all kind of sort of lead into each other, yeah. even though they're not directly continuing into the next track it kind of just like breaks things up yeah. yeah yeah i think i think it's weird in a pop setting but but i if you think about it less as in a pop setting that it's like it sounds like 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 you're saying adam it goes from song to song i mean how many albums have we listened to where it goes from song to song where like maybe the song ends but there's a transition like kind of moment like the end it's not necessarily yeah. an interlude but it's like and here's how we move to the next thing and also i mean like you said if she wrote that part first then I mean, like that's uh, how, how many times have like we as a band as moniker or just individuals written a song and it's like I like this part but I don't know where it goes and then you like you like you puzzle piece it together and like okay well we're, let's put it here now. Yeah, and in that part of the song, she says I'm the bad guy. Yeah, and so she wants to expound upon that in the first half of the song. Yeah, and so just in general, I dislike that in this album. I don't love it, but it doesn't take away from me. Whereas in other songs, I mean, there are a bunch of examples. Uh, there's a artist called Lucky Day, and he has this song that's called uh, Real Games. And I lo- it's like a five-minute song, the first four minutes I love. And at the very end, it has this really atmospheric uh, 
and it gets into the triplet rap thing and it's not that i dislike triplet rap but it's completely different from the rest of the song and it's like that where i just stop after the four minutes because so, i feel like ah i've, I've gotten it it's like right. when the the featured artist comes on and you're like skip <laughs> so what do you think about like live and let die for example uh that's like four different songs in one i don't think i've ever listened to it other than like in the commercials the right. da, 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 did it, yeah. did it what how does the like that's the chorus right i mean i don't know if there is really a chorus okay i don't know how that song goes <laughs> i know that that's the one that goes da, 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 there, da. yeah there's like a full-on string part there's a reggae part there's like a piano ballad part and then it goes back to that part i really don't like paul yeah. mccartney i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> paul mccartney's uh, dead uh, rest in peace um <laughs> So anyway, okay, so that's bad guy. Uh, but immediately, it's it's pretty evident when you hear this that the production is different, right? Did yeah. you feel that when you heard the record, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know how how it necessarily like lines up or fits with the other one, but it's definitely different, and it's like notably different. Did you know that um, that it was just the two of them? No, and that Phineas produced it. Not when I went into listening to it. No, me neither. And I that's how I found it out was after that song finished. I was immediately like. I need to look at the credits of this record. And it this is this is uh, like I'm not taking any credit away from the two of them, but it, it's one of those things where uh, you hear these. Um, it's like music folklore, I think, at this point. Yeah. And I think it's very similar to. It's getting to the point where it's like Tame Impala when you say like, "Oh man, I love Tame Impala," and they're like, "Did you know it's one guy?" It's right. Like, well, yeah, it is, but there there's more effort than that. Like yeah. you're just giving it all, all the credit. Um, there's this in the DIY music community. There's this really whenever this came out, people kept saying stuff like, a, "How do I get to make an album that sounds like them?" They just did it in their room. It's like they recorded it in this room, but what you're hearing has gone like they they sent it off to be mixed and produced. And I'm sure it sounded amazing in their room, but there, yeah. there's this really harmful, uh, you know, story behind that. Like it, it's badass, like it is, but it's also like. Yeah, there's there's a bit more than that. Okay, so just to just to like a little bit of difference in Tame Impala, there are three players on Tame Impala's first album, and then there are uh, there's there was an engineer, um, someone who mixed, and someone who mastered. Mm. For Billie Eilish, for this album we're talking about, it's just the two of them: the guy who mixed, the guy who mastered. Yeah. So yeah, it went from their place they recorded to one place to another place, but this is the closest we're gonna get to. It's just them. Yeah. Especially juxtaposed to 90% of the stuff that was on pop radio at the time when Bad Guy was the biggest song in the world. There was pro- on each song, there could have been like 10 different songwriters just right. for the lyrics. And, and a half dozen and producers. Half a dozen producers yeah. and 50 musicians. And regardless of everything I'm saying, a majority, a majority of these songs, when you listen to them, are very simple. They're not jam packed with you know all these layers. Where I bet if you look at a Maroon Five song, it's probably a hundred to two hundred tracks. And with this, it is very like very simple. I wouldn't be shocked to find out some of these are just eight tracks, and it's just it's not jam packed with instruments. But I'd and say, it really works in their favor. But I'd say that's like that's that doesn't necessarily make it simple. I think that like people who stack tracks. Like, that's sure that looks complicated, but like, what's the fucking point? Half the time, it's like, we're only going to hear this. We're only going to hear that. And whenever I was, I was listening to this album and, and the new one, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, okay, in so many songs, the bass is really present. In so many songs, like, the, like this part of the drum is really present and so on and so forth. And I'm like, this is just intentional songwriting. Yeah. This is actually, right. I would say, harder than stacking tracks because stacking tracks is like, 
Let's yeah, just you... all throw everything at the wall, and then we'll go with whatever we pick. Whereas, like, that's a, that's a good way to do things. But, like, you know, in terms of, like, a pop setting, like you said, it could be 200 tracks. I think, like, Charlie Puth has done a breakdown of his songs, and it's like, holy fucking shit, why? Jacob yeah, Collier's the same way. It's got, like, it's over like, a thousand or Jacob something. Jacob Collier, logic expanded how many tracks you can put in a session because of Jacob Collier. Right. And it's like, that. look, listen, you're a fucking genius, and I love what you do, but, like, I need intention. I need clarity. And I mean, I guess if anyone, it's him, but like, there's like, yes, it's simple with Billie Eilish and Phineas, but it's also like, oh, we only need this and the effects and the way that they, the way that they do all the panning and everything. I mean, it's like next level. Uh, yeah. The way that they use the like limited nature that they have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, all just well done. And they were raised on the Beatles and they were raised on great songwriters cause that's what their parents were into. And they were around that all the time and playing putting on talent shows for their parents and things and learning Beatles songs. So they're, you know, that's what's in their DNA. There's a lot of really cool effects like the panning, but there's stuff like in the song, wish you were gay. There's the, there's a sad lyric at the first, uh, in the first verse where, um, I forget what she says, but there's a sad lyric and the crowd in the background goes, Oh yeah. And then at the very end, there's kind of a more upbeat, happy lyric and everyone goes, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like little stuff like that where it's, it's just gonna, and there's the the office, and then sample. there's the office thing. Here you go, boys and girls. <laughs> so that episode, or sorry, that that song is called "My Strange Addiction." It has an office reference throughout the whole song. What episode is that from? Is there a, a multiple a, choice viewing party? B the client. C threat level midnight. D PDA. Dave? I'll go first because I have no idea. I don't know. Let's go with C. I think it's the threat level midnight. I'm gonna go with A. It is threat viewing level midnight. Point. Yeah. Oh shit. It's the one where Michael has like uh, the Michael Scarn uh, viewing it's where party. They, it's thing. where they watch. It's where That's they why watch. I, was, I thought it was called viewing party. But viewing party is where they go watch Glee. Son of a bitch. That's right. As I put that in there to be like, I'm gonna get someone with this shit. I'm gonna yeah, get yeah. someone with viewing party. Yeah. So the whole the whole clip is is like when from when they're watching, Mike the threat level midnight movie about, about Michael Scarn like his. His, uh, what are you staring at? Sorry, it's Dave's really a bit trippy me. over here. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's oh, it comes with bottle. age. It's a brand new bottle. It so, comes with age. So, uh, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So it has this clip, um, where it's, it's them watching Michael Scarn and them like, uh, like it's, it's a whole thing from the office. Anyway, point being that, uh, there's a whole thing where she's done like an office quiz with Rain Wilson. There's, uh, the whole thing where, um, Wait, Billie Eilish has done this? Yeah. yeah. Oh. There's, she's a massive fan yeah, of... There's a whole thing where that made um, that made Steve Carell... That made Steve Carell's kids like The Office because so they funny. heard that. It's so funny. Yeah, and, you know, we could talk about it now, but she's in, she was in this and probably still is in this awesome position of, like, she was a kid, so she was super into people like Justin Bieber, and it sounds like The Office. I didn't know about that. She, she was a believer. Yeah, she yeah. was a believer, and you have all these photos of her as like a kid <coughs> kid, and um, she basically ended up working with him. So it's like, it, like I don't know how that worked out for her, if she was like, oh, I loved meeting Justin Bieber, or if it was one of those, don't meet your... Dave, do you I have your it. answer? Yeah, in the documentary, it shows clips of her as like a 12-year-old girl crying over Justin Bieber on home video. She's filming herself sitting on her back step going like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't ever meet him. So then in the documentary, she finally meets him at like Coachella or something. And there's this long scene of her. She just walks up and sees him. And then they both just stand like 10, 15 feet apart. And she's just crying. 
That's and so oh funny. And it's God. the sweetest fucking thing in the world. And then they finally embrace, and he just hugs her for like another 10 minutes, and she's crying. And then uh, when they leave the festival or whatever, she's super excited. And then they get back to their apartment that night, and he texts her and says, like, hey, let's let's do something. Yeah. And then there's so that cool. they bad, did bad guy, guy. Yeah. Uh, remix. So um, before we move on to more anecdotes, this isn't really how I feel, but if anyone were to have a complaint about this album, I think it would likely be that there's a very similar tone throughout the whole thing, which, once again, if you're not into that style uh, at the start, you probably won't change your mind towards the second half, but for me, it really works. That's just kind of something I noticed. Um I mean, that that seems like kind of a weird complaint though, because a lot of albums are the same kind of like theme or vibe to them for I'll, the whole thing. I'll, I'll I'll piggyback on that complaint and um, <laughs> and say that uh, I've been very tired and very <laughs> down lately. Have you tried Dashboard <clears throat> Confessional? I've tried a lot of stuff like sleeping, uh, but as I, I I was like too I was pretty done with music after this weekend. I was like I don't really want to listen to music, but I had to listen to music for this right. So uh, on Monday and then this morning especially, I was like really tired and I woke up and the first thing I put on is th- is her first album, is this album. And I was like really stoked to listen to it again because I hadn't done that yet. I just listened to the new one. So I put it on. I'm like, oh man, I forgot that how, just how good this album is. And then I got really sad again. <laughs> it was like, it's like, it, it doesn't really help ever. Like it's like there's really nice moments, yeah. but it's like, man the same vibe throughout if i'm already fucking down i'm staying down yeah i'm fucking i'm here but not going anywhere else if you're because i'm this type of person there's that thing of like if you kind of feel sad and you're like i want to like i'm really gonna go into this i'm gonna listen to carrie yeah. and lowell like this could right. be that but that but yeah and, and that album is that it just was not what i needed this morning of course but, but that album is this album and, and i would say the new one is the same thing where it's like it this these albums can be sad albums for you yeah but uh holy fucking shit because it was the same the whole way through more or less i was like all right i gotta get through this day somehow how am i gonna get through this fucking day so i see i i disagree with you guys that it's the same the whole way through because i think that that there are it's a really cohesive first release. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why it performed as well as it did. But uh, I do want to talk about some of the production things. So in, we we're talking about Zanny, um, the Phineas side chained the vocals. So whenever it goes to the, I'm um, in the secondhand smoke thing, the whole thing is like revolving around and it's really crazy, but that's a song about all of her friends being fucked up on Xanax and her not knowing what to do. And then it goes to, you should see me in a crown, which is like, way up there comparatively and then all the good girls go to hell um the production is crazy i like that they did have the cicada hi-hats the the thing but it was broken up and panned in different places so while it does have a similar thing Mm -hmm. throughout the record if you're if you're running i understand why it's just similar and depressing you only want to listen to bad guy if you're running yeah but if you're actually yeah because it's like but if you're sitting down and listening to it it's a very no, interesting record. It, it is. I'm not, it, that's not at all. It's it's not that it's the same. Oh my god, this is the same song the whole time. It's that the vibe is the same. I mean, like, I mean, like, there's no way that I can list like the first those first few songs you said, right? Amazing songs, but like, they're not like it, it fits as an album really well. It's not like a vibe vibe change. It's like, and we are in this, and we it's it, and you're gonna like it or cry about it. One of the two, you know. Yeah, because when you get to listen before I go. Yeah, that's so de- 
really kind of depressing. And then I love you is the next track and it's depressing. Yeah. And then, and then the o- the only shift is my strange addiction is the office thing where you're like, this is fucking goofy as hell. Yeah. But and I kind of hate that, it, but it, but it still is, but it still is like this, like what the song is about is still like, we can all relate to this and I'm, I don't want to go watch TV anymore. Like, <laughs> right. Or yeah. all I want to do is watch TV. So my only actual critique of this album that I actually feel is that when the party's over is probably my least favorite song and the reason behind that is not that it's a bad song but it's because in my opinion the breathy vocals don't do uh because they're used everywhere they don't do the slow songs any favors because i'm so used to it on a song like bad guy that dynamically i'm like oh well this was on just like such a like you know a driving song and now it's like really slow I guess vocally that feels weird to me. So it becomes dynamically uninteresting to me, but I understand why people like it. Uh, If we're going to talk about favorite tracks, Bury a Friend is the first song I ever heard by her. And I think it's, to me, the best song on the album. And then I really like Wish You Were Gay. And yeah, those are my favorite songs. Uh, I would say Zanny and um, probably I Love You. Yeah, I think I think Zanny is up there. I forgot like again, I forgot how good that fucking song is. Um and and I would also probably say I love you. That that's a great song. Or 8. 8 like I said, 8's awesome. 8's so simple. Uh that would kind of annoys me, but it it annoyed me until I realized that the reason they pitched her voice up in the beginning part is that it was a pitched up version of the original take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, okay, now that I know that information, it's kind of cool." Adam, yeah. did you have any favorites? I'm I'm really bad about picking favorite songs on albums. Um, just by the way, I just listen to them and don't really look at track names. Yeah. But I wish you were right. gay is one that like definitely sticks, and it, it I think it sticks because it's such a good song and like catchy. Yeah, uh, one without thing being I thought like was poppy either. One thing I thought was really cool was that at the end the goodbye track. I didn't know this until yesterday. It was that it's it's a compilation of all the songs on the album and it's just the lyrics. And I don't know hmm. how I didn't put that together. I think wow. I read something that that's the only song on this album that didn't go number one <laughs> because it's just like a kind of little medley at the end. So that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Hagen, do you have something before we wrap up the, or did we run through your games? Oh, that's yeah. We're good, man. So I do have to put this because uh, I don't think we're going to talk about it organically. There's some songs that come out between this album and the next album. It is a not shame. Just, not just some, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, but th- it's a shame that my favorite track by her, of all time is a Japanese bonus track to this first album, which just goes to show Japanese bonus track albums or editions are always the superior edition. And most musicians don't feel you're a true musician, successful musician until you've had a Japanese bonus track. But that being said, uh, fucking Christ, who cares? Everything I wanted (laughs) is my favorite song by her. And I think it's the best. The artwork is amazing. If I could ever have artwork, like that on an album I work on, that would be fucking. Incredible. So that was out uh, before it was released here as a single. I don't know how that works, but it basically she released it and uh, it then it was a single, and then I think it was just kind of like, oh well, this oh, has okay. to tie on to something. That's kind of how Japanese bonus tracks are typically just whatever leftovers didn't oh, make okay. the album. Yeah. But I don't okay. know if that's how it was for her. Give the song a home. Yeah. I was bummed to see that that wasn't on the second album. And I was like, oh, it's a Japanese bonus track. I wasn't bummed. I, I've been finding lately that because, wait, maybe it's because of the pandemic or maybe I've just never noticed it. But I've, I find that people are releasing albums 
uh, a year after they have them done and with the way the pop industry works now they have to release four singles right You've so if it's, heard a, half if it's the a 10 track album yeah. then you, you you only get six new songs it worked out and her john mayer is what you're talking about oh, for where sure it's very obvious with this one we're about to talk about where it has 16 songs it was it's okay as, yeah but i 100 percent agree with you it's the same reason that i typically try not to watch trailers for movies i know i'm gonna see I only want to watch trailers for movies I haven't heard of that kind of stuff. And I found it on this album same way where it's just like I got to most of the songs I had heard before this second album. I was just like, oh, and uh, now we're into this song I already know. And it, it's weird to already have a, uh, a a relationship with it. And I feel that way about bands I like, like Coheed released a new song. And I'm just like, I think about uh, when this album comes out, I will either glaze over during that song or I will just skip it to get to the next song. Yeah. It happened with the last Dawes record, too. No, yeah. I was going to say, it happened with Foo Fighters' album, too, mm-hmm. with Shame, Shame. You already came into it with, like, I've already heard this, and I know I like it. So, Well, and Waiting on a so War, cool. and uh, was that? Well, that was the only one that I had listened to, at least, before. I didn't listen to any of the singles off of this album. Kudos, because yeah. I honestly, yeah. I don't know if I, I'll ever stop, but I kind of wish I could. I only knew, um, I only knew Therefore I Am, I think, because of TikTok. Yeah, that's got to be it. Um, that's the only reason I knew that song. Stop. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so do we not want to talk about how the first album performed at the Grammys? No, go for it. It no, won like the big it, yeah. four and yeah. cleaned everything up. Yeah, it did. There's that uh, photo of her Her hugging. and Phineas. Yeah, uh, hugging it. James Blake just released a new uh, music video. If you guys haven't seen it, it's hilarious where he's holding one Grammy <laughs> and Phineas is in the whole music video and he's walking around with his all of his Grammys. All, all five or six it's of them It's so funny. And Phineas is actually in it, so it's very, they're in on the joke together. And the whole idea is like, don't compare yourself to the success of right. it. It is hilarious. Especially for James Blake to say that because he's been so successful. Oh, yeah. Like behind the scenes kind of, you know. Yeah. So uh, between, uh, it was mega successful awards. Crazy. She won all the awards. Yep. Uh, She did a tour, but uh, it wasn't, you know, the massive world tour that she had planned uh, because that she did have planned for 2020, but ended up having to get cut short. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to make sure I get it right. But uh, she also was like the only person born in the 2000s to have like, like a, like a top selling album. And like in, in she, she, she's like one of the. Not it's not only it's not one of the only women, but one of the few. I can't remember what it is, but in the UK, there's not many women who have been on the number number one album sales. And then in terms of being born in the 2000s, she's the only she's the only one to have a number one. Here's a bittersweet t- statistic. A statistic. You got it. I, Please uh, don't tell me about your statistic. Uh, <laughs> a bitter, <laughs> a bittersweet statistic I read was apparently sure it was one of her songs that uh, got. Uh, Lil Nas X's um, mm-hmm. it was bad guy road. yeah it was bad, bad guy, guy got is old. what knocked him off Nin- 19 weeks yeah 19 weeks that's no, bittersweet it's 19 or 29 one of the two it's it got a nine at the end of it but it's it's one of those two knocked it off it's bittersweet but that's a, I mean like if anything is gonna that's knock a, Lil Nas good, X off that's a good song that. for that to be it it's yeah. also a hilarious thing to call bitter or sweet where it's like oh you've only been on the charts for 19 weeks yeah yeah um so between then, they, Billie Eilish and uh, Phineas as well, uh, still working together, uh, release a couple songs, uh, including Everything I Wanted. Then also, they a James do Bond theme. James Bond theme. James Bond theme for a movie that huge. hasn't come out yet. Which, <laughs> yeah. Why it's funny for anyone who's stuck around uh, that Tom York and Sam Smith were there uh, at one of her shows was Tom York, or Radiohead 
wrote and recorded a song for a James Bond movie. The better song. But then Sam Smith ended up getting tapped to do it, and they basically chose the Sam Smith song. And like Tom York says, he doesn't care, but he says it in a very like passive aggressive. No, like, I think, who's I think Sam people Smith? would care about that. He well, yeah, says be, that kind of stuff because they submitted a different song, and then the people who picked that stuff turned it down, <laughs> and then they they wrote what? No, he did. He said, "Who's Sam Smith?" No, he did. <laughs> he said, "It's some somebody asked him a question about it, and I I am really butchering it, but he said something along the lines of like uh, that Sam guy." And it's oh my like, god, fucking grow up. You idiot. <laughs> you fucking child. But they, they wrote That's a really good song. He didn't care. But it's so funny because in that clip, they're like a row away from each other. And the, it, it's got to be like Tom York, apparently, because when people saw Tom York at that show, they were like, so Billie Eilish, what was that like? And she said, oh yeah, he was there at the back of the, he came uh, backstage and he walked up to me and like leaned into me and said, you're the only one making anything fucking interesting right now. And then walked off and she was just, she looked around and was confused. And Phineas walked up to her and said, you don't know how much that means. You don't know what right. that means about and to who say, that did, is. Did she know who that was? I don't think she did. No. Yeah. No, I doubt but it. That's why it's funny because the, Sam Smith. But so the pressure that she has on her at this point, talking about making a, her second record, She's got the Bond theme. She's won the big four at the Grammys. Her brother cleaned up for all the production stuff. She's got Tom York's praise. Uh, Dave Grohl was mm-hmm. like, she reminds me of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And uh, can you imagine trying to write a second record? Yeah. And holy like, shit. In a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Right. I mean, they wrote some songs before quarantine, and then their parents were like, you should, you should get together once a week. But now they're not in her, not in the parents' house and like, her brother's bedroom. I Phineas heard she has bought a secret own. house. She bought a secret house, but Phineas <laughs> has his own place with like a basement studio. On top of all that, she's a kid. She's a kid. And she's a woman. And she's a woman. So she's 17. Every, every kind of pressure that you can have. Yeah. yeah. She's 17, maybe 18 at this point. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, rem- unfortunately, I remember it was a big deal on the internet. I saw headlines and things that when she turned 18. I hated yeah. that. Like you fucking internet's, creeps. The internet's terrible. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, in an interview before she turned 18, was like, so when's your uh, 18th birthday? And I was just like, fuck you, Jimmy Kimmel. Don't let the internet know that. Oh, yeah. God. So we get into it. Uh, they release. Um, I, I don't remember all the build up to it, but basically um, they announced and released a album in 2021 just a week ago called happier than ever and so still working with phineas her brother and uh yeah it came out and this was one of those things where we already talked about some of the teaser tracks but it was i on purpose i think i listened to this eight times because i felt so pressured to be able to talk about it as much as i was able to talk about the first album which is unrealistic and then also going into this record if you're one of those people, because I was this way for a John, the John Mayer album, if you're thinking like, oh, it's going to be just as good as the other one, that's unrealistic. Maybe it will be, but it's unrealistic. And like, I think I was afraid. I think I was yeah. afraid to listen to it because like the day it dropped, I was like, I want to listen to it. And then I was like, no, I'll put it off to tomorrow. Yeah. No, I'll put it off to tomorrow. I'll put it off till Monday so I can well, listen yeah. to it before the day before the podcast or whatever. And I was, I was like, I, I, I was putting it off because not because I, maybe I was afraid of like, is it going to be as good? But also like, it's long and it's like, I want to, I want to make sure I give this the time. Like you said, yeah. I gave the first album. It's 16 tracks. It's, it's six, 56 uh, minutes. 56 minutes. Yeah. It, and it feels it. 
it feels it, that it, way. And I would it, say yeah, not towards, a bad way. Towards the middle, it does kind of drag. Yeah. But not in a bad way, even. It's just like notable, like, oh, we're not done yet. Yeah. Right. Th- yeah. There no, were we're moments, not close. We're not yeah. close to done yet. There were yeah. moments, like, it starts off really strong with getting old, which really, if we're talking about the themes of these records, um, this very much, if you followed her life, uh, y- knowing between the records, you know that there was a lot of um, talking like people just discussing her body and what she wears and that kind of stuff. And then also once again, coming of age and what that means for her and all these people, like she's thrust into the spotlight. And so I I figured this album would handle that a bit, but uh, you know, I wasn't, wouldn't say I'm shocked, but it it talks about it a lot and it's not a harrowing listen, but it is one of those things where it's just like, it's there. It's like, it definitely, and it, it makes you feel, uh, especially me as a straight white male, things that I'm like, ah, man, I'm a piece of shit. Like, well, I, I am participating in these things. It's really great that we have Billie Eilish with this album, and we have Olivia Rodrigo releasing her album of, like, these young women who are writing songs of, like, this is how I fucking feel right now. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not like, in an in-your-face way. It's like, I mean, it is in your face, but it's not like musically in a way where like the olds can be like fuck this it's like it's pop music you're gonna like it it's gonna be good uh but it's like this is this is it's really powerful well it it hits you on that first getting older the first track there's the like things i used to enjoy now just now keep me employed Mm -hmm. or just keep me employed it's like oof like it's it's a great lyric but it's one of those things where it's like 18 19 just imagine when you're 30 i hope i hope and it's one of those things where, like, I mentioned this to my partner, and she said, I think you're having a bias because she's a female. And I was like, oh, can you explain that to me? And she said, you listen to or me. I listen to all these, like, American football. I listen to all these records where it's, like, the same thing where, like, all they're doing is talking about how bad things are. But I know that that's just a therapeutic output, and it's the same way for this. So, yeah. I but definitely I mean, gave it an unfair critique there. I don't. I don't know if that's unfair. I, I think the the first record is very much about like her asserting herself, and there's a bit of angst. But then between these two records, even though it was a short span of time, she's had a lot of growing up to do and a lot of exposure to the world in general. Yeah. And so this first track, I thought it was great to open with this because she kind of sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about. She's getting older. She's already thinking about the things that she loves uh, and worried, being worried about not enjoying them when she gets older. But the, the favorite thing was for me was that at the end she says, I've had some trauma, did things I didn't want to, was too afraid to tell you, but now I think it's time. And then it goes straight into the next with song. the dog growling. That that like I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? I <laughs> yeah. was like, am I did I turn an alert on or something? What is this? Which yeah. is weird. This next song, I didn't change my number. It feels like that. Uh, what is that Adele song on the third record? The my love. Oh yeah. This song uh, kind of felt like your lover. where I was like, well, where did where did this yeah. kind of upbeat? But. This one's good as compared to the Adele one I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this this really fit it. It fit it well. But the cool thing about this one is that 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 growl from the dog as startling. It reminded me of T-shirt. Totally. Yeah. Uh, on the on Concrete and Gold, the Foo Fighters record from 2018? 2017. Uh, 2017. One of those. Yeah. Anyway, um, they used that growl th- for the beat for the main part of the beat, which is I think really fucking cool. Yeah, and. After that, it goes into Billy Bossanova, which for me, it just didn't do much for me. Um, 
for me, I loved I loved hearing the horn arrangements. Yeah, which is not a thing that they used a lot. In which the, you expect in a song called exactly. Billy Bossa Nova. That I hate that they named it that, but it was because when they were uh, when they were trying to go back and forth with tracks in quarantine, he just sent her one that said Billy Bossa Nova because it was that's for good. Billy and it sounded like a Bossa Nova. Yeah, I mean that's I mean I was gonna say like that 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 sounds like some shit you wrote on like fucking on like your voice I was memos. Say on notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and again, okay, I really like that then. <laughs> that's good like i like the name i still am not a huge fan of the song like it's no, not a bad neither. song it's just and that's the thing is any of these songs that i'm about to say like oh i don't i don't love them they're still like leaps and bounds above anything i would ever be able to write and like leaps and bounds above some of the stuff i listen to so but i want to go back to uh the i didn't change my number is that she's talking about getting confident and she's saying to, like i didn't change my number i just believe in different people Yep. My favorite thing is that she starts the track saying, okay, and then clearing her throat I, even further to drop set the, the mic. Yeah. To be like, here's the rest of this record. It, I'm going to tell you some shit. I wasn't ready to tell you. It wasn't about this point. I would say that maybe it was around oxytocin or something like that. But I started to think like, oh shit, this is very much like a moon shaped pool. I didn't know that was a breakup album from Radiohead until like I got into it and like halfway through, I was like, Oh, I think this is a breakup album. This and is I don't think that this is like overtly a breakup album, but it definitely it drives it a bit. This feels like a breakup narrative. album. It feels like a coming of age album. Yeah. And it's a quarantine album. Yep. It's and pretty it's crazy. All the things that a 19 or 20 year old girl is going through. And again, it's like a voice that can like actually like express it in a way that like everyone can hear and go, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And it all seems like very honest. And this is like what both of them wanted to write and what they wanted to do. They're not doing like, Oh, the label said do more like, you know, ocean eyes. Like, yeah. Oh, if, if, if any label tells them what to do, I mean, they're going to, they're just going to leave because so, they yeah. have this, that, that, that kind of power. Yeah. There's no reason to, yeah. to do, put up with that at all. Yeah. The first full length, the label was trying to tell them what to do. And, uh, this time Billy said that in an interview, uh, Billy Eilish, I don't want to call her Billy. I don't know her personally, but, um, she, you can call her pirate, pirate beard. <laughs> Uh, they, she was like, yeah, we, we didn't tell the label anything. We just made the record. And it's like, yeah, you have that luxury. Like you were saying, Hagen. Yeah. So after Billy Bossa Nova gets into the first the teaser track that we had already heard, My Future, which was like the second song that had come out between the albums because it was Everything I Wanted, If You Don't Count the James Bond song, and then uh, My Future, which it very much felt like a, at the time we didn't know an album was coming. I mean, we knew an album was It wasn't announced. By My Future, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. didn't know what it was going to feel like necessarily, though. Yeah, yeah, and then you listen to this, and like I, I love the message. I think it is one of the better takes on the album. I know there, by the way, Dave, there's a, like, that's a pretty, a lot of people have had that criticism of, oh, they didn't like the teaser tracks and that kind of stuff, but I, I do really like My Future. I think it, it it's a nice blend between this album and the other album. I, I really dig it. I liked it a lot. The first time I heard that song, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is... It just kind of felt like it could have been on the first record. Mm-hmm. But again, it was like, I'm putting too much expectation on, on the second record. And then it has, uh, from there, goes into Oxytocin. Oxytocin. So it's the first time, other than the James Bond theme, where we hear her belt. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know the band Ween. You know the song "Push a Little Daisies." Can you say the name again? Ween. Uh, yeah. I what do, what, how do you? Yeah. No, I just like when people say it. Ween. Ween. Are you gonna start rubbing your ears? <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway, the song "Push a Little Daisies." I, it's kind of a stupid reaction, but it Sorry. jokingly Sorry reminds me of that there. when she sings 
full voice. But it's nice to hear her change that texture to the full throttle thing. This one's very driving. I mean, it, it's, it a, it's a, like an industrial club hit. Yeah, it feels like that. Man, it feels like it could be exact. It feels like you could take a, that rave scene from The Matrix Reloaded and what just the fuck? straight up put this over it. I'm telling or you, like you could Blade do it. Like a Runner kind of. I'm going like to put it on my TikTok. the lights and take a bunch <laughs> of I'm gonna ecstasy. Right <laughs> so, yeah. We're going to take We're ecstasy. We're busy, man. We're very busy. Please don't do that. Oxytocin. So, yeah, and it, it's super... Uh, the, the whole, like... The song is just kind of like it's this. I keep putting myself in like thinking like I wonder what it's like being Phineas in these sessions. Just thinking like, yep, that's my sister <laughs> talking about like uh, God wouldn't want to watch this because then she'd want to get involved. And it's like I know what you're talking about. Uh. <laughs> I, some people are already saying that she's written this from the perspective of someone who has abused her, where they're talking about like if you if you can't breathe, I'll loosen the chains. Some people are saying that she's just trying to express herself. Uh, as she's becoming a woman or whatever it is. But she said to let her speak for herself. She was like, we just wanted to write a song that would be really fun live. Yeah. And I'm sure this will be <laughs> that. I keep thinking of some of these slower songs. Cause then right here you get into Goldwing, which I couldn't for the life of you tell you what that song sounds like. It, it was very slow. I remember that. That's the one with the kind of harmonies. It's, it's with the hymn at the, up the top, which yeah. is quoted from some ancient text. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just, just, just stop you right there. And I'm going to say, that I listened the first time I listened to this album, I didn't look at my phone track listing. I just listened to the, the fucking thing. Um, I can't I can't say what any song sounds like because it, it it's a great album in that sense where it's like <laughs> and we are off and yeah there's like, yeah, like was... we talked about little like like dips and like oh, I'm kind of bored here but I, I like whatever. Uh, this album is like I I can't tell you the names of anything because it flows so well, but at the same time like again same thing with the first one fuck i'm depressed i'm so sad it's almost like it's what adam was saying before where sometimes if you don't look at it like you said hey and you don't look at the track listing or watch the songs go by you just kind of you don't know any of the names of your favorite albums yeah <laughs> like no, there's there, some there's a lot of there are some dawes songs know. that i don't know what album they're from yeah. my favorite album is adam he's right there you're thank our guy you, thank you you're but, not my favorite album. That's fair. <laughs> so Goldwing, Goldwing Angel, from Billy's perspective, was about uh, lamenting on the fact that she's not innocent anymore and trying to write a song for the females that are coming up in any industry that are so innocent and t basically telling them, like, keep this to yourself. At this point, you're like a Goldwinged angel, I, and it's going to get ruined. I really hate it when I critique a song and then Dave immediately comes in and says, it's actually about this. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> but it is but, short and I don't think it should have been on the record. But you know, here's the interesting thing is that like what, what a song is about is so, is almost irrelevant from our perspective as a should listener. Should be, yes. Right? Of because course. like we, like it's, it's, it's fun to know about it and like it's very clear, like, like, like we said, you know, these songs are about this. This album has these themes. It's very important to note certain aspects of this, but like the specific thing for her this is what the song is about. That's not what the song's about when you listen to it, right? You can pick right. up something else out of it. So like, you know, maybe if it helps you like it more or realize, oh, that's interesting, then sure, that's great. But like, when you listen to it, you pick up your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So next song is Lost Cause, which was another teaser track, which... Uh, wait, wait, hold on, wait, pause. Why shouldn't it be on the album? It's too short, that's it? I, I think it. I think it's half-baked. Like, I think like the, it could be more? The, I, think they're, I think it's not... Uh, as finished as on a uh, on a 56 minute album i agree with dave that yeah i think two uh, songs could be cut from this and it would feel like it would flow a little better in my yeah. opinion flow yes uh, flow <laughs> uh, this oh. this is this hurts me man <laughs> 
It flows so well. The whole yeah, the whole album. It's goes unbelievably. Fine. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking album. There, but there's never a point at on it. this album where it's like, oh, that's a song. Like I, because I listened to this for the first time on a plane, not looking at my phone at all. At the beach. Yes, uh, oh. on a plane at the beach. <laughs> It was just a plane sitting on the beach. He just jumped on it. I just jumped on it. Don't do that. He was in a plane accident. (laughs) It was really hot and uh, it wasn't great. But no, I was like listening and didn't have any like moment where I was like, oh, that's the end of a song. It just the whole thing just all kept going. It could have been because I know therefore I am, but that was the only moment where I was like, that was the only song that I. It was definitely the singles. But but it was that that was the only one. That was the only single I'd heard. But that was the point where I was like, oh, I know this is a song. Well, I heard all the singles, so like as Lost soon as Cause they came a single, on, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the I mean, one where there it was were, her and her friends partying at the house. Yeah, there were a lot of singles, right? Five, six, six, six. And what's really there are probably going to be more. What's oh, yeah, it's going to yeah, wind up be being the entire 16. entire album? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's really cool about Lost Cause um is it's very bass focused and it feels very nineties in that way. It feels very Radiohead. Yeah. What's it cool does. About it just kind of. It feels like a Tom York baseline. What's cool about the yeah. like the the, the <laughs> smile, personnel, smile exactly. <laughs> the oh personnel God. on the track listing is it has like what Phineas did on each song, and it, and it has like oh it's hilarious. Like looking it's looking like at like anything you can imagine. Isn't it's it? Billy, yeah, he did I, everything. It's like Billy Eilish vocals and engineering. Vocals, vocal engineering. Yeah, and, and then, then Phineas production engineering and all this shit. But it read says, all the shit. Vocal arranging, bass, tracks 1 through 5, 8 through 11, and 15. Drum programming, tracks 1 through 15. Piano, tracks 1, 3, and 8. Synthesizer, 1 through 5, 7 through 13, 15, and 16. Background vocals, tracks 2 and 7. Electric guitar, tracks 3, 4, 8, 15. Programming, tracks 4 and 15. Synth bass, tracks 4, 6, 7, 12, 13. Wurlitzer electric piano, tracks 4 and 16. Percussion, Tracks 5, 6, 12, 13, and 15. Acoustic guitar. Tracks 7, 12, and 16. Mellotron. Rhodes. Track 11. Nylon string guitar. Track 15. I think a producer like Quincy Jones would be like, motherfucker. <laughs> I think, That's a lot of shit. I think, yeah, I think, I, I think, I think producer, a lot of producers are like, you don't have to do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> you can just sit there and be like, doesn't sound good. That's but it, union work. <laughs> it's, it's union work. <laughs> But it's also Phineas going like, I don't want anyone else on these records. Well, it's it, it's 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 Phineas going like, these are our songs. Yeah, and this he said do. that he doesn't yeah. want Billy to ever work with another producer. <laughs> I hope she does. I, I think that would be, That's, you know, be hilarious. It's if like she does. they have an argument, and he's like, I think he's like, I think this is a bad song. She's like, I think Rick Rubin would think differently, motherfucker. <laughs> he just sits in the corner for a bit. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it my hair? <laughs> He's got the, funny hair. I don't the know redheaded why. brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that brings us into Haley's comment, which is another one of those um, kind of. Uh, I don't know. It, it felt like Goldwing to me, where it's just kind of like yeah. a slow burn. I, I will this say is the after I went, one I would remember. After I went back and listened to the songs and paid more attention to the tracks, this one did stand out. Of like, I don't know if that had to be there. I disagree. Ooh. Surprise. Turns out likes all the bad songs. I just like the whole album. But it's... it's, Hagen's listening to it going, this one didn't depress me, so it's top of the list. No, all of it depressed me. I was very upset. But that's not the point. It's a really good album. Like, it doesn't... Like, it it doesn't feel like these songs should or shouldn't belong. It's a part of a whole thing. It's... Like, it feels intentional. It it says a lot that I didn't think it stood out when I listened to it the first time without seeing the track listing, though. Yeah. Like, listening to it as a whole thing that didn't stand out all it seemed like to me lyrically she just wanted to write a song called Haley's comet because she learned about what Haley's comet is and how often it comes around and i 
think that's why she wrote that song. But why else do you write songs? Fuck, you're right. But hey, I didn't listen to the album anyway, so. You did, though. So the next two songs, <laughs> I think, should just be one song. Uh, but I, I definitely don't disagrees. think they would have done that because it's a pop record. Um, but it's not my responsibility into Overheated, which that, have that same that beat sense. and like synth. And it's very much, it's a sp- not my responsibility, it's just a spoken word. Uh, very uh, poignant uh, yeah, message. They, they lead into each other. Like, well, it's as the, if they were it's one the same song. Sense, it's the same like, production, yeah, it is. but they were written separately. Yeah. So the Not My Responsibility was accompanied by a video or like a short film thing. Yeah, which was played before her concert. Exactly, right yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a beautiful message about her. Well, it's not really beautiful. It's beautiful in an artistic way, but the unfortunate nature of the message is she's saying like, I'm fucking damned if I do or damned if I don't. It feels yeah. very lemonade. Yeah. It feels it, it, very 100%. much like those the spoken word passages where uh, Beyonce's talking and like, uh, I don't remember what she says, yeah. but right. And then it leads into the next song. And that's what it feels like. And like for me, I, I wish they were the same song. It, it just And that's just a nitpicky thing where it's just like, ah. I well, see what does them. that do differently? Oh, I just think it would look better. Like on I, a, if it, like if a track it said, list. If it, said, if it said not my responsibility slash overheated. Whatever you want to call it, it just overheated or just not my responsibility. Yeah, but if you wrote it separately and it's two separate things. I'm not actually yeah. mad about this. So like, <laughs> cool your jets. I was just saying a nitpicky thing. Cause, like, you guys are nitpicking a great fucking album. It's so weird. Like I thought I, don't I think was so ready. Our opinion. I was so ready Fuck for the you. circle jerk of you two. My I, God. I don't oh think it's God. a great album. And it's just like it's one of those oh, things. Geez. Sorry, what? You want to say what? that again? You don't think it's a great album? I think it's really good. I listened to it eight times in like four days. I listened to it eight times in two days, and I didn't like it. Yeah, that's what Jackson's doing. (laughs) Yeah. I I, tried to give it an honest try. Yeah, and you should. We should. We all should. That's more than an honest try. I'm glad that they liked enough of it. Yes. I'm glad that they split them up. I can see why you would say that. But like, imagine separate tracks because I wouldn't want to have to fast forward to get to overheated. Which is fair. My it's grueling as an old ass white man to listen to not my responsibility. It is, but that's why you should listen to it. Exactly. She should force you to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, but of like imagine in my perspective, I love seeing a pop record and you see three minutes, four minutes, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, eight minutes. What's that song? If I wasn't right. listening to right. it you're, for this, you're I would have gone interested. straight to that. Yeah, right. I would have done that. That's fair. But I mean, hey, but you guys Billie can Eilish yell at me. Featuring the members of Yes. Yeah, I, I would have done that. The time length of length of song means nothing. Well, you're a between the bear to me fan. But that doesn't <laughs> but that that doesn't mean that a song is really good or not. Like, but it s- does make it stand out compared to the other ones. Around sure, it. but why would? But like, uh, you you just listen to songs for the sake of songs, not for the sense of the length of the song well, or for. Apparently, Jackson just goes many... for whatever song's the longest. You're gonna tell me that you're gonna see a fight. <laughs> If you saw, he said he's not angry. Fuck off, Nazi punks! If uh, you saw that on a record, you wouldn't immediately be like, "I'd like to check out what that is." That's not what we're talking about. I would want to check that same. out more if it was a longer song. No. If instead, let me finish. If it was, if instead, the other option was to have it be "Fuck Off" as one track, and then "Nazi punks" as the next track. I don't think I would listen to a song called "Nazi punks." But, yeah. Okay. But sure. Totally sure. Would. There's that point. But but the point you're making is that song is longer. I want to listen to it first. The second point is it piques wow, my interest. You wow. could also just listen to the whole album, which I did. Wow, that song has a song title. <laughs> I'm that just going to step like, back, Dave. Like... Why don't you take over the rest of this episode? <laughs> well, I just I'm not I, comfortable about talking about d- the next song, which talking. is bad. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> not my responsibility was written by itself. 
and and overheated was wasn't was an afterthought when billy put out not my responsibility she said that she had a whole bunch of cool reactions to it and then two weeks later that picture of her in a tank top was put out and people were like she's fat now she's like well that didn't work it's like that's Fuck. just a it's an it's an example of how quickly the internet forgets about things. Say, how terrible the internet is. Right. And how terrible and and the internet is a reflection on this country. Yeah. Um overheated came after that and all countries. I really like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I really like overheated. Not 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 to say that that our country is good, but it's a reflection of just yeah, people. It's just people in reflection in of everybody yeah. Yeah. in the world being bad. Um, but the second one was about you know people the paparazzi snapping pictures of her and then like making choices for her, and in in um. Uh, not my responsibility. She talks about like no matter what, like I, if I if I wear too many clothes, I'm not a I'm not a woman. If I take some clothes off, I'm a slut. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. Fuck you, people. And who even cares about this? Do you think that you make it what people care about? Like, I can't do anything. It's insane. Yeah. The yeah next, it's, uh, it's it's a really like hard song to listen to, like you mentioned. Yeah. That and was the, it's, mm, it's, you know, an important, like... You feel bad. I would say an important, like, big part of this album. Yeah. It's, it's She's very a kid. important. It's in the middle of it as well and, like, draws you out of it to be like, hey... Fuck this. So like, the the next song. Well, wait, wait, wait. My part. I just want to tell a little anecdote. My partner has not listened to this album yet. She's listened to the teaser tracks, and we were. I was driving us somewhere, and I was like, "I'm gonna keep listening to the Billie Eilish record if that's okay." And I was on that song, not my responsibility. And I put it on, and we just drove in silence. And I was like, "This isn't the whole record, by the way." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I'm really sorry. This probably isn't a great like." You know, teaser. It's a spoken word record. Well, yeah. m- uh, my partner was like, Beyonce much? And I, I said like, that. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the next song on this record, after all that stuff, <laughs> is Everybody Dies. And it's like, fuck. She's talking. She said she's been. Uh, she said it's. it gives her comfort to know she's going to die. So this song is about knowing that you only have so long to do what you want. So just do it. So she said it's a very sad thing, but it's also like a. Uh, it's a very empowering thing. But again, a person at that age shouldn't be this exposed to the world, I think. And I, I mean, I think there's something healthy about being uh, like feeling free to go do what you want to do, knowing that you have limited time, even if at limited time at that age is like theoretically a lot. Yeah. I mean, the fact, the very fact that th- these two records come out in the span of two and a half years or three years, whatever you want to say. It's not a lot of time, and she's still taken over the world. <laughs> she's a kid. Most kids discover these feelings in a college dorm at that age. Yeah, thinking about <laughs> like when I was nineteen, like it, I would have like if I had the writing chops, I would probably write similar stuff of like, oh, you know, like I'm frustrated by like personal relationships, that kind of stuff. And but I mean, she's exposed to way more, and obviously a way better songwriter than me. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know it on Everybody Dies, but, you know. It's just a sad song. <laughs> it's a fucking sad song. I was trying to poke the bear, but it didn't work. No. So I'm just going to stay quiet. Bears I can't wait for the next bro. song. Bears in hibernation. I can't wait for the next song, because that's the best song on the album. Uh, then, this is where I think Hagen's run, uh, if he had listened to this record on a run, he probably would have started slowing down. Because <laughs> by the time you get through the uh not my responsibility and overheated it's like okay well maybe it'll pick up again and then everybody dies happens and you're like oh shit okay and then your power happens 
Yeah. And the first time I heard this song, I think it was for, it was released. It, they did one of those YouTube releases where yeah. like there's, it counts down. It was the, that and the Taylor Swift song where she jumps in the piano, gets into a whole other world. It's the first two times I've ever done this. But I listened to this song and was like, holy shit, this record is going to be a fucking game changer again for Billie Eilish. Yeah, this song is so beautiful. Ugh. And it's just like, I remember as soon as it started, when I heard the acoustic, I was like, oh, this is going to be weird. Yeah. This is going to be really, it's going to shift everything. And I was like, oh, no, this is amazing. It is the only song on this record that I keep singing to myself. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, some earlier Feist music, but it's more electronic in nature. And I, I would like to hear Billy and Feist work together. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but uh, it, it's also another instance of a song on both of these records that makes me wonder if she's writing these melodies. Because we know that Justin Bieber, think about him as you will. He's a hit writing machine. He can just write fucking hits, yeah. vocal melodies that are hits. I wonder if Billy has the same thing. I mean, with synesthesia, like you said, right? I mean, that's that 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 goes hand in hand. But at such an age, I mean, she really has a way with vocal melodies, singing the way. And just to talk about her singing for a second, we we all at some point or another enjoyed listening to hip hop, and that's just people talking. Sometimes in a more aggressive way, sometimes in a more chill way. But when someone sings kind of we're not used to uh, a singer being so subdued throughout two records when you think about the first track on this record getting older i look at it like a full song within itself uh if you were to judge the the sound waves of a, a rock song that you really enjoy and look at them it's pretty wide but it's still evenly you can tell where the chorus is for example on that first song getting older if you were to do the same thing, you would still see the same waves, but in a more compressed format. So in and of itself, it's still a complete song. She's just not really getting to full voice. I do think that her she showed off her vocal abilities, whether or not it changed between 17 and right. 19, which likely it did. But uh, I think on this album, she showed them off way more, especially on uh, Growing Older. She hit some really nice falsettos. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, she has a very uh, Elliot Smith approach to being like, very layered vocals and very close to the mic. Right. And in in the documentary, it shows them recording the Bond theme. And they have to record it in the back of their tour bus. And Phineas is coaxing her into singing full voice. She's like, I want to do it, but I think it just sounds stupid. And he's like, no, it sounds great. You just got to get it on record and feel okay with it. So in the coming years, I think we're going to see her explore that a lot more. Yeah. She should. Yeah, anyway, sure. she she starts to do some of that on this album. Right. Uh, I think that's a good sign that she's maybe more accepting of doing that. Yeah, and, and she's gracefully uh, aging out of the thing that we know her to be. So the singles for this record, like I said before, could have related to the first record in a way that it's like, I was kind of bummed when I heard Your Power because I was like, this sounds like it could be on When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? But it wasn't. I think that was a smart move in terms of releasing singles as an artist, especially that big. You want to kind of tie it together. Yeah, the um, that first single that I had heard, um, "Therefore I Am," that that sounds like it could have been off that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. I think yeah. I think that is the uh, on this album that is the most uh, similar. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting that that comes right at the end, right before something that sounds nothing like the first album. Right. Yeah. So I just I just think that I just think that like I mean obviously as an artist do you know it's great it's great she grows and lets her voice grow out and everything like that but like what she is doing no one can do like her um, right now I mean like 
this, I know I call it lazy singing, but it's, I, I don't mean it as a bad thing. Like, no, of course. Like being lazy is cool. Um, but like, it's, it's no one, no one can and does like, there's a lot of singers who are doing this right now, but like they all need something else to get them there. Right. And you know, like you, you use the Elliot Smith comparison. There's a couple other comparisons from like that, like, like not neutral milk hotel, but there's a couple other comparisons that like lean into that from that kind of like, uh, that, that early indie era kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it, it is that, but also they were bad singers. Like, like <laughs> right. Elliot Smith, I don't, I don't want to shit talk Elliot Smith, but like, wasn't a great singer, very powerful musician, but like Billy is a great singer. Yeah. And I've, I've heard a lot of, uh, older singers later in their discography of, the, of their career that uh, most notably recently Lucas Nelson was talking about how he realized that he doesn't have to belt everything out when he's recording in the studio. And so for her again, to be that mature or wise or gifted as an artist to already be doing that and set her palette that way and then explore it in a further discography is like, I think it's really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like, I think I think regardless of like her old sound and her new sound, I think honestly it's like too early to say what that is because like this is her second album. It's two records. It's two records, and what 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 her and Phineas do with production and sounds is very different. And she's created something new, especially with what she does with her voice. And it's like she she should explore everything, explore everything she can possibly do. But what she does with her voice and what Phineas does with production is like this. It I mean. In the pop world, especially, but this hasn't really been seen like in the mainstream. No, like, it hasn't. It, like it's 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 a really special thing. So the next track is NDA. Did you all see the the video for it? Yes. Where no. she's standing on a road, and there are people. Karma police. It looks very very <laughs> karma police without like the street lights, but th- there's a uh, people appearing behind her, and she's talking about making having her own house. That's where she brings that up, Jackson, and uh, making it making a a one night stand sign an NDA because she's like, I just don't want to have to fucking deal with it. Like it was fun for a night. Get out of my, get out of my sight. And, um, so the thing about this track that, that caught wind a little bit was that there, she uses auto tune and people were complaining about it. Grow up as if the whole lazy singing idea was the reason that she used auto tune. Grow up. And it's like you were saying, Hagen, she's clearly a good singer. It was an effect. It's a stylistic It's a choice. stylistic effect. It's, it's, why, it's why autotune was, like, it's why autotune became, like, famous as a stylistic choice. Yeah, sure. And people started using it as, like, a crutch, quote unquote. But, like, well, it, it, it was really just to fit in with other pop music that was using it at that point. Right. Yeah. When other people were doing that. But it's like, it's, this is, this is a, this is a stylistic, interesting effect to put on something. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's a difference between Cher's Do You Believe in Love After Love, which was overtly auto-tuned, and then you have T-Pain, who uses it as a, as a shtick, but he can sing very well, as evidenced by his Tiny Desk concert. Oh, even before that, there's stuff, but that was the one that blew up. Right, exactly. And then uh, I think that was around before Melodyne. Is that fair to say? Not I'm sure. going to say that it was, and somebody can correct us if, if I'm wrong. But um, auto-tune was used to help fix vocals melodyne is a more subtle approach and it's used on all your favorite bands records and if you don't think it is and they're really famous then you got to look into that shit because you're probably wrong um as early as john mellencamp's most popular recordings autotune was being used now it's used in an overt way i can see why the stigma around it has become a problem because there are some artists in the mumble rap i hate even calling it that because i think there is some merit to it but where they don't have an appealing voice, uh, but there's something in their image 
So they just slap auto-tune on it, and that's a part of their thing. I remember seeing some artist that uh, was using auto-tune and fell off stage and, and fell with auto-tune on. <laughs> and he was like, oh! <laughs> it's uh, horribly unfortunate to fall off a stage because they're usually really high, but to have that happen is really funny. Anyway, it's not a big fucking deal, so get over it if you're upset about this. Just listen to it as a texture that Phineas used. Yeah, I mean, the, like if you're, list, if you're this far in the album and you hear auto-tune and you're thinking to yourself, like, oh my God, she's cheating. Like, you got this far. And in this little bitch, he decided to cheat. Really? Yeah. What, I mean, what do you think? What was she do? like? What? <laughs> What's your fucking problem? <laughs> uh, so the next track is. Does anyone else have anything to say about NDA? Uh, we were talking about their uh, songwriting credits. Olivia Rodrigo preemptively credited Taylor Swift and was it Jack Antonoff? Yeah. And oh Vincent. yeah, it was. And yeah, and who? Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent, right? So therefore, I am is a quote by Rene Descartes, the famous philosopher. Uh, basically his idea of saying that like this is the only thing I can say is a true statement. Do we think Billy should be crediting Rene Descartes, Adam? Go ahead. Uh, no. <laughs> this okay. feels like a loaded question. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. All right. The uh, answer's no, man. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> cool. We talked about that last time. I don't, I don't think it's that's a good the, idea to preemptively But that's that's also things. like free... Isn't that it? I, it's, it's probably definitely yeah, public just, domain. It's a fucking joke. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. It's definitely public domain. But uh, <laughs> the last two songs, "Happier Than Ever." Let's talk about "Happier Than Ever." Happier than ever. Like I really liked it at the beginning, and then it, like the big build at the end, it feels very Olivia Rodrigo, which is good for Olivia Rodrigo. But for me, it felt really out of place and weird. Like it took me off guard. Um, no, I mean, I, I think yeah. it was supposed to be unexpected. Yeah, it yeah. it it, to- it totally. I mean, it feels like a a, a big old masterpiece. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the intro sounds like it could have been written in the early 1900s. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if totally. You isolated it. It's like yeah. a fucking Tin Pan Alley old Broadway yeah. musical hit. It's a jazz standard. It could be a jazz standard. That's why I was so fucking blown away when it kicks into that thing and it's like overdriven guitars. I think one thing that's smart in thinking about how a lot of this record was made for live performance, the multiple realms she can take when singing it live. Right. So there are full a lot of full voice takes in the bombastic part, but some of it like she can choose to sing the lower one and yeah. have the harmonies. I'm just going to be so curious to see how she does it. Yeah, that yeah. and Goldwing. I'm just I'm dying to see it live. But yeah, it's super heavy, and um, then we end with Male Fantasy, which Billy- is it's such a good song. I love this song. It feels very of that. And I, I hate that I'm calling this a genre, but that Phoebe Bridgers genre. Right. Yeah. I thought that too. Phoebe Bridgers shared it and like was super excited about it. And I was like, yeah, it sounds like you. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> Of course you like it. <laughs> yeah. So so Billy wanted, uh, they, they wanted Happier Than Ever to end the record, but she said she didn't want to end it uh, on a sad note. And she ended it with that. With this? that. <laughs> And well, she thinks that this isn't, like, sadder? The last lyric is, can't get over you no matter what I do. I know I should, but I could never hate you. And so if we do talk about this record as a breakup record, in watching the documentary, you see that she goes through a pretty gnarly first love as a teenager breakup. And um, it kind of ties into a lot of what she's talking about in this record. See, and I didn't know that. I just insinuated Again, based off the of the documentary. Yeah, 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 I didn't prepare at all. Yeah. No, yeah, so we no, prepared. We you just didn't no, watch the not I didn't all. prepare either, man. No, I didn't prepare. I he didn't prepared. Listen. He loved the album. He prepared. I didn't like the album as much. <laughs> We're going to fight so later. It's fine. I didn't like the album. I can't wait to fight later. Um, But, yeah, no, I, I insinuated it. it. Like, it, it. 
I didn't know that, but it was, to me it felt like, oh yeah, this it, is a breakup. It at least album. feels like a like relative of that, even if it wasn't. It right, felt like course. what Dave's talking about, and yeah. I'm glad to have that, you know, vindicated that. Like, oh, that is actually what happened. Yeah. So it also shows a different side of her in a way that she's finally, not finally, not that we've been longing for it as listeners, but she kind of in a way is going like, I can't hate you and I forgive you, which is wisdom. It's like you people do you really wrong. And you go like, I forgive you. This is for you to hold on to, not for me anymore. And she talks about going to therapy and all those things that are healthy for a majority of her audience to be hearing. Oh, for yeah, for everyone, everyone, <laughs> yeah. go to therapy. Uh, but she she said that that song wrote itself too. Right, exactly. Yeah, that song just kind of happened. It just happened. So yeah. you know, there are some themes in this record where. Do you think Phineas gets really frustrated hearing that this song just wrote itself? Yeah, and he's just like. Holding like eight instruments, like what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> he's a hamster on a wheel. <laughs> I think he's more than happy to just indulge whatever she wants to say. And he said again in the documentary, sorry, Jackson, I keep referencing it, but he he, he says in the documentary, like I'm just gonna, I would rather her be at the front. So yeah, if I have what, to do I, so much work, she can be on the other end, and she's an incredible artist in her own right. But she can be on the other end taking all the interviews and doing all the shit. Right. And I think he, he enjoys being able to do the production side of things kind of like quietly on his own in terms of not having the publicity around and everything like that. And in, until the Grammys come around and then he yeah, and gets then all the awards. For yeah. like a month or two, he's the guy in the spotlight. Right. And then he can crawl back into his studio. Yeah. Write some songs. It's brilliant. I, I think, you know, there are a lot of things in this record that uh, are pretty heavy to talk about. But again, to go back to her fan base hearing about this, uh, she talks about one thing I think that's going to be overlooked is that some of the lyrics talk t- talk to talk about her uh, saying to her partner, like kind of vaguely pr- provocative things, but saying, I know you don't like to wait. I know you're sad that you have to wait. So she's also talking about being a responsible young uh, teenager coming into womanhood and saying like that she's putting forth that kind of message. But I feel like the media and the people that hear this record and see some of the imagery around it are going to completely ignore the depths of the record. They already have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's so, which even plays further into the record, which is like, you people don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was really happy to find out. I never thought this was going to be a case, but after listening to this album, I was happy to find out that that first album was not a flash in the pan. And I don't think anybody after listening to this could agree or could disagree that like, yeah, I mean, she's the the team, but clearly her as an artist, uh, I mean, just going to keep releasing great music. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So she, if you like the first album, you're going to like the second. Yeah. Album. She had one lyric about disappearing to, uh, I can't remember what place she mentioned. She was like, maybe I shouldn't even do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's the thing is where I heard that and I was like, ah, oh, this is so sad. Like just knowing how the world treated her. And then, I kind of pulled it back and I was like, no, I mean, she's just writing about it. It's a hypothetical, yeah. like, yeah, she can actually do that, but it's, it's more of a hypothetical and she's it's just a, putting it out there. It's yeah. a thought that, you know, that right. a, like but, a lot of people have, I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that checks out. And going back to getting older where she has the lyric of saying like, Oh, the things I enjoyed now just keep me employed. It's just like, that's just a good lyric. I'm sure she still loves this like immensely. And it's just more of a warning sign of like, Hey, you guys treat me so poorly and you treat people so poorly that these things that they dreamed about, you are going to kill it for them. Yeah. Right. And that, that's the, the textbook story of an artist. We're always chasing that one good performance. 10 out of 10. The record? No. Oh. 
<laughs> you, you're always chasing that 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Chasing yeah. that. Yeah. Chasing that. Absolutely. One. Yep. Yeah. I but am a 10 out of 10. Billy Eilish. Do you think this record's a 10 out of 10? I'm a 10 out of you're, 10. I know. I, I am, you I'm know. a 10 out of 10. Do you, we know. Hagen, do you have any albums in your life you could think of that are 10 out of 10s to you? To me? Yeah. Um, Wasting Light, probably. Okay. Um, probably Parallax 2. Bitty Bam? It's an EP. No, Parallax 1's a EP. You're right. Um, <laughs> He's just quizzing you. And uh, no, I'm genuinely curious. And uh, Kaleidoscope Heart by Sarah Bareilles. Okay, cool. Uh, my only ten out of ten that I can think of is um, Morning Phase by Beck. Yeah, Adam, you that's got a any? solid. I'm fucking unprepared for this question. Yeah, or or totally Black Star. Okay. Black Star would probably be it. I've as never far listened as, to as it. Bowie albums oh, go, so that's good. definitely my top. So I would say ten out of ten. Oh, that. Yeah, I really want to listen to it. So what's what what you got, Jackson? What you got? I got plenty. Uh, Radiohead, plenty. And rainbows, and rainbows. Not plenty. Any, any, anything Radiohead <laughs> has done is uh, you know ten out of ten, right? No, no, absolutely not. No. Have you listened to their first album? <laughs> no, I know. Um, I don't. I'm not even a huge fan of the band. I don't. I don't think Moonshade Pool is a ten out of ten. I think it's like a nine out of it's, ten. It's close, but yes. Yeah, but in rainbows is yeah. definitely a. Yeah, I could agree with that. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. In rainbows, uh, daughters, you can't get what you want. Or that's not what it's called, but that album. You can't yeah. always get what you want. Uh, but if you yeah. try sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You won't get what you want. I feel like you should know the name of a 10 out of 10. No, but, sorry. It's just like. But it, he doesn't it, look at the tracks, It flows Adam, you so understand. well that like I don't even know the names of the songs. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Those I, are, those dude, are I the total, two I'm I totally to get. get it, man. I totally, yeah, I get it. Uh, Carrie and Lowell's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> dude. I think that's a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Me too, man. Me too. Me too. What is happening? Hagen put on a real aggressive take. Yeah, he's freaking me out. Yeah, what aggressive I haven't take. looked him in the eyes after. Yeah, he's mad at me. I, said, I re- said we're gonna fight later, yeah, and then everyone was like, "Oh, this is uncomfortable." It's all just because Jackson's at the beach. Anyway, Billie uh, Eilish. Billie Eilish. Good for her. Good for Phineas. I'm excited to see uh, how this record plays out, and I think and the tour see, that comes seriously. with it. The tour. Hopefully. Yeah, seriously. I think it would be a really cool thing if we did a deep dive on all of her records. As they come out, make it a part of the show. You think this show will go on that long? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fucking. I hope we so. got news for you, bud. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> no, I'm not retiring yet. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, your trial period's over. Sorry. Uh, it's. <laughs> I, I think. I think for um, for anybody who's hesitating at all, like whether you're not, you've listened to the first Billie Eilish album, go listen to that one. But also listen to this one, Mom. I'm talking to you. Go listen to this album. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those like albums that everybody should have listened to this year. Yeah, when we get to the end of the year, which we're already like halfway through. So. Yeah, it's August. I think it's fair to say that you should scratch the surface of it more than just uh, listening to it and going, "It's Billie Eilish." It's yeah. if you do that, then uh, try again. Yeah, if you think, "Oh, it's Billie Eilish," go listen to Billie Eilish again and realize that Billie Eilish and Phineas are amazing. It's and a thing. You're fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree with that. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's totally no, no, fine no, no, no. Because I'm saying, those yeah. people are the shitty people who are saying, you know, like it's not music, and it's just yeah. like no, I'm yeah, not gonna totally come at them is. with the same approach. I'm, I'm if say, you don't I, like it, it's fine. That's that's but, a different thing. But if you're writing it off as like, oh, I heard one Billie Eilish song and I didn't like it. Yeah, that's a different thing than going, oh, it's Billie Eilish. If you you're know. alternate reality Jackson who heard the sorority girl comment and then decided, well, I'm not going to listen to that because right. fuck Greek life. Uh, alternate reality Jackson, dumb. Do you We're, know how to meet your alternate reality version of yourself? Uh, drugs. Drugs. <laughs> 
Drugs. Drugs. Anybody have anything else they want to say about Billie Eilish? Good job. Yeah, good job. Good work. Great job. Yeah, you know, Great job. Totally listening to this yeah. podcast. Great job. Hey, Billy Eilish. Great job. Thanks for listening, Billy. Yeah, this has been great. Billy, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. If you haven't already, Billy, uh, you didn't know her like that, Dave. Do me a favor. I was pirate, told it's okay. And just, uh, just give us, you know, a follow. On pirate. Do me a favor. Don't call her pirate to her face. Pirate bear. <laughs> She's not. It's not in front of me. It's not to her face. Do me a. Do me a favor. <laughs> pirate go ahead and press that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using uh that really that really helps us out a lot if you're using apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review if you did like this if you want to fight with me or jackson please email us at Later. feedback at don't feed the artist don't fight the artist don't feed the artist oh you're gonna make that you're one now change fight it? The yeah. fight that don't fart don't fart that don't fart. <laughs> it's jackson or me don't don't fart ass the artist don't fart ass the artist <laughs> Uh, please email us at fight at don'tfeedtheartist.com if you would like to fight either one of us. We are definitely interested. Um, uh, and if you have social media, you can follow us there on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Don't Feed the Artist, DFTA Podcast. You know how to look it up. We really appreciate you guys being here. And next week is going to be a hefty news episode. Am I right, you guys? What's Stock 99? No. No, hefty no, news. No, it's going to be hefty a double news. Uh, double news episode. It's going to be a news and a news and another news. Sounds like you guys got news covered. News, news, news. And thank you guys again. We really appreciate it. And fuck off. I know what'll get people to fight Hagen. He's been drinking out of a Last Jedi glass this uh, whole time. Hit the space bar. What's wrong with Last hit Jedi? Hit the space bar. Nothing's yeah, what, wrong with Last Jedi. Hit the space bar. Hit the space bar. Hit the stop button.